0: Oh, man, here we go back
1: with another one. Yes, sir, we are back, and we have a special guest in the building.
0: That we do.
1: And like we always say, he's the most recent, so he's He's the most most special. special. Hey. (laughs) Hey, we got the legendary Mega Ran in the building. (laughs) <laughs> What's up, y'all?
2: What's good? Thanks for having me. Thanks
1: y'all. for coming. No Thanks problem, for coming.
2: man. You know, um, it's always good to to sit down and chat. So, thank you for the invite. I appreciate for it. Sure. Yeah, man. For, for
1: sure. sure. Yeah, but we know it was a drive. Oh yeah. We know it was. A, we know Nothing it was a, like a
2: little, little, you know, little drive on a Saturday morning. <laughs> right. <y'all>. Right. Uh, <laughs> to clear the head. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah for for sure. sure. Play some music. Play mm-hmm. some, uh-huh. Sure. What would you would you
1: have in the uh, in the deck? What were you listening to?
2: Uh I was listening to some Smoke Dizza. Okay, nice. Um I really dig his stuff. I love that like he mixes like the street with like classic hip hop beats yeah. with like wrestling references, like, you know, he's got got a lot of a lot of the boxes that I'm looking to to check off. So shout out to Dizza.
1: Yeah, Smoke Dizza, nice, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna get right into it. Let's get into it. And uh for the people who don't know. Kind of, kind of. How'd you get your start um, in hip hop? You know, what what was the first, the first time you said this is kind of what I want to do or something that I might want to do? Wow.
2: Um, I was freestyling on the block with a bunch of my homies, okay, and we used to do like kind of we call it in Philly bussin', but like playing the dozens. Where okay, we'd just kind of making fun of each other, like oh your shoes are busted, your shirt is this, your hat is the you know, mm-hmm. and. And it was like a trial by fire because I was like the kid who couldn't do it. But okay. They were like, oh, if you can't do it, then we're just going to, like, clown you until you do something, you know, until you respond. Okay. And they were just over and over again. I was like, all right, okay. And I would get up and be like, your shirt's whack and you're this and it, you know. And they were like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So that, that was when I realized, like, when I saw kind of their eyes as I did it. Okay. They were, like, you know, really into me working it. And then they were like, okay, you might have something. But, you know, it was just fun for me. I, I spent another few years after that just freestyling for fun, open mics, freestyling. And uh, I didn't get into the studio until way later, but it was as a producer. I was okay. making beats. Um, I picked up this program, Music Generator, for okay. PlayStation. I remember that. And, um... Mm-hmm. Started making some kind of bangers on there. I found out you could sample. You could like pop off the PlayStation disc, put in a music disc, right, and sample that. And uh, so I could. I I was like re like how I learned was like recreating like popular beats. I was like, okay, what's that sample? Let me see if I can flip it like B J Premier did or whatever. Mm. And that was kind of how I learned how to make beats. And um, so random beats was born. I was just a guy making beats, and then uh, my beat tape circulated around. You know, I'd give it out at clubs and stuff in Philly. And a engineer got a hold of it and was like, yo, would you like to come to our studio and like maybe learn the board and, you know, intern engineer for us? And I was like, sure. And then in downtime, you can still get beats like to clients as they come in. And, uh, but I was more concerned with during downtime, nobody was on the mic. Mm. So I was like, I think I'm gonna try to record myself, you know, so mm. I would just start working on ways to like remotely hit record, run it in the booth, re- record. And next thing you know, I had a I had a, like a little demo together, and uh, my homies was like, "Man, this is actually pretty good." You know, I was making the beats, I was doing the raps. They used to call me Kanye East. Okay. You know? Like back okay. then, I was like making beats and rapping. Right. Right. And uh, and I just never thought anybody would be into what I was doing, so I was just doing it for fun. Okay. You know, and uh, and then I'd make it, burn a CD, pass it out to friends, and you know, and then after a while, people started asking me to do shows. And um, other producers were like, "Yo, let me work with you on some beats. Let me like." Before that, I couldn't get beats from people. Okay, that's why I made my own. And um, and eventually, man, uh, I met a crew of cats in Philly, and they were willing to help me put together my first album. Uh, But before that, it was just a lot of fun. Like I was just you know just freestyling and having a blast and never thinking about an album or touring or a career. Mm. Like that didn't happen for me until much later actually and it was because of like myspace like putting songs up on my right, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. you know that was back in the day for the kids who were listening that was like facebook before all the well, way yeah know, <laughs> yeah nonsense <laughs> right facebook but like with a bigger music like kind of emphasis yeah for sure and um and so i started putting tracks up and they were getting you know some traction people were like oh you, you know check this out you know And, uh, songs getting 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 plays. And I'm like, Ooh, okay. And then I started being asked to go do shows. And, um, and that was, that was kind of it for me. So that was like late 2000s, like 2007, 2008. But, uh, but I didn't quit my job and do this full time until
1: 2011. Okay. Okay.
2: So that's like the quick story. So yeah, this is, this is this year's ten years of me like of Mega Ram being like a, a full time thing for me. That's cool.
1: So so you were you were a teacher. Yes. Before what, what subject did you teach?
2: I taught whatever they would give me for the most part. When I started <laughs> off, I was a substitute. So okay. Like, okay. You just gotta walk in and teach whatever they've Ooh. been teaching. And I was like, please don't give me math. And then every day it was math. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I had a, like an emphasis in like reading, social studies english but i always got math. and um middle school and uh and middle school is the toughest age to teach like if you think back to when you were seventh eighth grade you were probably transitional period terrible person yeah yeah Yeah. 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 trying to figure out who you are yeah you know it's the most it's the most like crucial time of a kid Mm -hmm. and it's also the time where you get like the least parental involvement like, right. think about it, your, your parents are leaving you at home. Mm-hmm. When you get 12, 13, they start leaving you at home. They work in two jobs. They can't come to the parent conferences. They can't mm-hmm. take you to the mall, right. you know, until so you're riding the bus, you're hanging out. You know, mm-hmm. so it's when you start picking up all the bad habits, mm-hmm. you know? Very right? true. You're smoking, you're cussing, you're doing all these other right, things. Right, right, right. It <laughs> right. always happens around that time, like a preteen. So, uh, so these are like crucial times for kids. And uh, they need the most love and attention probably of, of their of any point mm. besides like an infant and but yet they get the least right you know what i'm saying right, right they, they want to be independent they think they know everything but they really need love and they need kind of you know they need a little hammer on them you right know? right, yeah, right. And, um, very true and yeah like so i was kind of that for a lot of kids where it's like they just wanted someone that cared you know what i'm saying That's cool. so um i really loved it you know i, I didn't love the like the administration side of things Mm. that was the hard part for me is like dealing with um, principals you know Mm. custodians and other folks who are behind the scenes oh you do rap music oh Oh, you know like they would start finding out about the stuff I was doing and like oh I don't know about this and I'm like what the kids love rap they love what I do like we get to talk about it so it, it built a good relationship with the kids, but at the same time, it made the administrators kind of hate on me. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I could see <laughs> that
2: weird. Cause they're like, Oh, you are the cool teacher. Uh, we'll see yeah. about that. You know,
0: do you, uh, do you kind of miss being a teacher at I, times? I, I, hmm.
2: I do. I do. Um, but honestly, like right now, mm-hmm. uh, I don't like, with this, like with within the wake of COVID and stuff, yeah. like this is probably the hardest time to be a teacher. Right, I got friends who are still teaching, and they're like, "Oh, are they coming back to schools? Are they not? Are they doing distance learning? Are they you know, on Zoom? Are they, you know?" Mm-hmm. I talked to a friend who's a teacher, and she's like, "Yo, I'm, I'm tech support. I'm a behavior control. I'm the disciplinarian, gotcha. and, and then I teach." Then it's yeah. like, first it's like, are is your screen on? Are you paying attention? Right, hey, hey, right. lift up. Let me see you. Where's your screen? Right. Right. Are you paying attention? Are you are you on the right page? Show me what page you You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, because you're, yeah. they're not in the room. You right. can't, like, walk around with them. So this is the toughest time. And one of my friends was like, man, what would you do if you were teaching right now? I was like, would quit? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably leave. Like, this would be like, all right, y'all. Like, I felt like I was scared. Like I said, 2007, 2008 was when I really started moving with music, but I didn't quit till 2011 mm. when I finally got the guts. And, like, I was, I love that like, that nest egg, you know what I'm saying? Like having a paycheck coming at the end of the week, like getting right. benefits. Like right. it's hard to bet on yourself, man. And, right. Um, you know, like I didn't have the, the courage to do it, and I understand why a lot of people – you know feel comfortable working in a gig and you know with with constant paychecks and consistency right my life is far from consistent you know what i'm saying yeah like i i man i get the biggest bag i ever got and then go two months with nothing you know yeah so it's like but i love that and some people i understand are not comfortable with it but what, I, I
1: love it what made you like what was the the straw that that broke the camel's back that you were like you know what i'm done this is what I want to do. I'm going to go out there and I'm really going to give this 24. Like, this is my life now.
2: Um, I put out Black Materia in mm-hmm. January of 2011. Mm-hmm. And then by March of 2011, it started to really pick up and get viral on the Internet. And it was like top 20 on iTunes. Mm-hmm. And like back then, people bought music. You know? Right. So that was mm-hmm. a big deal. That was a huge know? deal. And so I was top 20 on iTunes mm-hmm. and I looked at the list and like, on, and like it was like Lady Gaga it was like Lil Wayne, it was like Kanye it That's was fire. Like Eminem, all these people and I was like yo they don't work day jobs so I gotta figure this out you know what I right. mean like that yeah. was what fire. gave me the courage That's crazy. to be like yo I'm right here with these people that I grew up watching so let's figure out how to do this and then I was fortunate I started getting booked for more gigs and I'm doing, going, doing more and more shows, I talk about it in the book a lot but like my principal was like, yo, you can't keep missing days to go fly all over the world. And I was like running out of sick days mm. and he's like, you gotta make a decision. So that helped a lot too. So okay. at the same time, people are like, Mega Mega Ran, Meg Ran, Mega Ran And my principal's like, eh, like kind of hating. Mm. So it was like, all right, I think it's pulling me in that direction. So, okay. um, I put in my two weeks notice and was like, I'm going to take this two weeks. I'm going to stack up. I'm just literally not going to spend any money. Right. And then I'm going to figure the rest out. And then, The day that I put in the two weeks notice, he was like, why don't we just cut it right now? Oh, wow. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) He's (laughs) like, yeah, it's fine. You can get a head start on the rest of your career. And I'm like, wait, what? I needed that. I needed that. I I needed that. Right. right. I needed that. I needed that (laughs) that check. I needed that check. (laughs) Right. You know? And he's like, oh, and by the way, your last check is not coming until you turn in your report cards. And I'm like. Wait, you just fired me and now I got to go home and do and still work and work for you for you and he's like yeah that's how it goes like if you're a teacher your pay is dependent on like turning in outstanding paperwork so I had to do 45 report cards wow and like it's not a story I'm super proud of but I kind of am so at the end of that I was like you know what I like these kids they all get an A's. Nice. nice. So I just oh, went nice. down to this. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. I'm done. Yeah. And walked out. There you go. The rest of my life, man. That's like, awesome. Uh, yeah, I was like, you know, I like these kids. It's all right. That's fire.
0: But now I can see why you don't didn't care for the admin,
2: administration side of things. They put me in a you really know? rough spot. Yeah. you know. And maybe they felt like, hey, he's giving up on us. So why don't we get a head start on moving on. right? Yeah. I don't Maybe. know. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But it seemed really petty. Like, in my Very experience, petty. two weeks, you just take that two weeks, I could help train the next person. Right. I can get them used to where, where we're going, make the transition smooth. Mm-hmm. I can talk to the kids and be like, hey, you know, this person's coming in next and they're going to do this. I didn't even get to say bye. Right. Like, it was like, no final pizza party. No, no, no goodbye that party sucks. for Mr. J. It was like, gone. Like, the end of that day that I put in the notice. He came in after the bell rang and told me I was let go. So mm-hmm. there's no, there, I couldn't come back. I couldn't, oh, kids, I'm leaving. Sorry, y'all. Like, I was just gone. And I was mm-hmm. like, man, who knows what story they told the kids. Right. Um, he just quit on y'all. You know what I mean? Right. Like, they could have come up with any narrative. Any, any that narrative. Yeah. And yeah. That, that, that's that true. really disappointed. And it soured me. Like, it's not, that's not hopefully everybody's experience in, in teaching and education. I just felt like, I don't think I could go back. Just based mm. on that, like, bro, I, I told my wife, like, I'd, I'd go work at Walmart at this point before mm. I did. Like, if I was down and bad, I'd figure out anything else. Right. But to have to go back to that. Yeah. But it's not to say that every education situation would be like that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Very true. So, but it was just, I just had a rough one, you know, That's and, crazy. Um, charter schools, man. That was, that was what it was. It was a charter school. And I'd heard stories about charter schools, but. I have, oh, idea. <laughs> I have too I have
1: too yeah for like it's it, it. there's the there's the good side and mm-hmm. then there's like the total opposite behind the scenes like yeah there and, could be good moments and a too. lot of it is the administrative and, like, stuff mine yeah. I was
2: like yo it was a black owned school it was all black like staff and I was just like okay like we working with our people like right. this is mm-hmm. gonna be this should be cool like cause you don't see a lot of that that's gotta country. hurt right. even worse and then it was like no, like they were just not having it. That's crazy. And, um, yeah, like I think they just felt like, uh, I don't know. They were extra petty about me having a life outside of school. Right. You know what I'm saying? I think that to me was weird. You know what I'm saying? Like weird. I'm okay with you having a life and doing things that you outside of this, you know, but they maybe didn't feel like I was totally dedicated to, Mm -hmm. to that. And, you know, and maybe I wasn't to be fair. Like, I think I was a good teacher, Mm -hmm. but maybe to them I wasn't a great teacher so I don't know but it seemed really petty and it definitely soured me like I would be interested in going back in like uh like a college capacity I'd like to teach business or something you know okay Okay. teach like DIY business owners how Mm. to make their way you know in this world because I think I have some pretty good expertise on that and um and I'll be teaching kids who actually want to be there, you know, right. not like kids whose parents was like, "Get out of here, and right. go to school." <laughs> right, you know? right. Like it's it's a little different. So I'd like to be teaching like a music business course, or something like that, yeah, because uh, I think I could give a lot.
1: So, so how hard was that um, that transition? Like, how long did it really take you to um, really get kind of a groove going? Once you, once you left the teaching arena and went full time doing music.
2: Um, it worked out because I had things that were coming down the pipeline. Okay. Like, like for maybe two weeks after I resigned, I was like, I'm going to do a YouTube show. And okay. so I used to just sit around and just film myself and be like, it's going to be like a reality show of, I called it life after lesson plans. Okay. And it was this me and my homie, cause I'd, um, I'd asked my friend to move in with me to help me with rent. And uh and I was like, Well can you just film me in my everyday life? And he's like, Sure, sure. So we just did a bunch of silly videos and I was just like and I think that helped. Like some people saw what I was doing and mm-hmm. being, uh, and reached out, you know. So I was staying active and then I would go do gigs. I'd film myself at gigs, like, Oh, I'm going to do a convention, I'm going to do a festival, I'm gonna do it, you know mm-hmm. and um and then I got asked to play a tour. And it was like my first real long tour, this guy named MC Chris, who's like a leader in the nerdcore world. Mm-hmm. Um at that time was putting out a new album and he asked his fans who they wanted to see as openers. And so they picked me, I guess. So, and, and two other guys. And so we wound up putting together a full bill and we played like 46 shows in like 52 days. That's crazy. And, uh, yeah, from September to November and, uh, all over the country and, uh, mostly sold, sold out venues. And, um, and that's what saved me. Like that's what got me going. Not just you know making that money, but just being able to see a packed house of three, four hundred people every right. night right. who had never seen me before. Right. Like, oh my God, you're so great. Let me buy everything. Or oh my God, you're I'm a fan. You know. So it just really worked out. At the same time, when I got that tour offer, I also got offered to teach music business. Okay. It was at Phoenix College. Uh, shout out to Carly Hustle, who at that time was yeah. moving. She was moving to New York. Okay. And she was teaching a business class, and she's like, "Hey, would you like to do this?" And I was like, "Music business class or tour?" And I was like weighing it for like two weeks, and I was like, "You know what? I've done teaching. Let me get a moment out of that and go do something else." Okay. So I want to take this tour. So I told her like, "Thanks for the opportunity, but I'm gonna do this." And um, and that was it. I'm glad I did, and I'm still That's here. Dope. You know, <laughs> like I I thank MC Chris every day for that because he kind of I, I always say like he. He saved me. He don't really know. But like he put me in a a position for me to just be around, be in front of people, you know? And that's all any artist needs usually is a chance. That's why I try. That's why I collaborate so much. That's why I work with people. Mm. And it's like, man, people just need to be seen and heard. Like if they're dope just need to be seen yeah right. and Very that's true. really it so I, anytime i can i'm like yo let's do a song together like let's you know pop up on stage together like, nice that stuff helps out because i know personally because it helped me big mm-hmm. time you know so reaching out and giving that hand to somebody is like that could change their whole it's situation huge. it's huge yeah you know, never know
1: like you said in your in, in, in your positions like literally changed
2: the trajectory of your life right then and there yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, know what I mean? you know, and like, what are the odds you right. know, that somebody can make one decision to offer you one opportunity? And granted, I have to still perform. Right, I have to kill it. I have to be good. Right, you know. But you get that opportunity. Get that door first, open. You gotta get yep. the door open. Yeah. So yeah, it's about the opportunity.
0: Well, my uh, my first experience hearing you uh, was actually on kind of funny. Hey, <laughs> nice.
2: Yeah. Um It really it surprises was, me how many people listen to Kind of Funny because so many people know me from that. Like they'll literally be like in my I don't know, grocery store mm. or something and be like, Were you on Kind of Funny one time? You know, like it's insane of um, funny. But it was when you
0: performed yeah. at Kind of Funny Live. Oh, and yeah. you did it you with, were with Colin. Show? No, I wasn't there. Okay. And but Colin I, wa- I did watched the, it. Did the Doctor yeah, rap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, he killed like, it. Like I was like, What well, what just happened? But I became a fan yeah. ever since after that. I was wow. like, that's how I got introduced to you. That's a great So night. I got robbed
2: that night too. It's um, <laughs> a small thing, but I was in San Francisco and a friend of mine was watching my merch table and I had my my Mega Man arm cannon, the little blue mm-hmm, arm mm-hmm. cannon on mm-hmm. the table. And she came out to watch the show to watch Colin and everybody. And somebody snatched it from the table that day. Ooh. And then this fool decided to like film himself holding it. Oh my God. And tag me like, yo, what's up fool? I got your, I got your joint. Pew, pew, And I was like, yo, how could you, man? <laughs> and, uh, but Greg and the kind of funny staff, like they all like pitched in and got me another one oh and like my banned gosh. this guy. They found out who he was, banned him from all their events mm. and all that. It's like some dude from Denver like he came out there for the show in San Francisco from Denver and yeah that was a weird one but that justice funny. was yeah. served, but yeah, like that's I just, funny. you know, people see something cool like that that you don't see every day, right? A and big then they want an arm cannon. They want to put it on. They want to yeah. play with it, and that's fine. But then if somebody's not there to be like, "Hey, put that back," mm. <laughs> you might just be like, "Right, right." All right, all right, right. All right I'm out of here. You know what <laughs> <saying>? yeah, <right. laughs> right. Like I remember, man, I used to work at GameStop. Well, before it was an electronics boutique, and um, our store was like in the hood, mm. but it was like you know, and we had like some of the worst numbers you know so the the staff used to always come in the regional managers and they would like be like how how do you guys have such bad numbers here like what is happening like and they're like implying that people here are probably stealing but at the same time they're not like coming out and saying it so they're just like you know we think all people are inherently good you know like people aren't bad but if they're put in a situation where they think they can get away mm. with doing bad they'll probably just do bad. But that doesn't mean they're bad. Like, he was, like, like trying to get us right. to be like, okay, okay, right, 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 right. <laughs> oh, man, I robbed you blind. I took the man. I robbed was, you. Right, right, I'm so sorry. Grand Theft Auto, I, I, here, man, here. I took him. Oh, you know? That's funny. And, uh, yeah, he was just like, it's okay. Mm. But, you know, be, and I, but I do kind of agree with that. Like, everybody's good.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But if we're put in a situation where – we don't feel like there's going to be consequences. Yeah, you don't really know what people are going to do. That's true. Right. Yeah, that's funny. That's that, that's integrity. That's, a, that's <laughs> what I used to teach my kids. Integrity yeah. Yeah. is what you do when nobody's looking. Yep. Yeah. You know, very true. But kind of circling back on what mm-hmm.
0: you were saying, you know, uh, about the the kind of funny, you know, mm-hmm. you gotta have to put yourself out there in a, in those cer- certain situations, different situations, you know, uh, because you get noticed by yeah. different people. you know that might not be following in a certain direction and 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 it's even worse today i would say Mm -hmm. in the sense of there's so many places to go you know and it's it's really hard to find you know what's good and what's out there you know so Um, you got to
2: take those opportunities and make the most of them so like that show is particularly the kind of funny live was like so big for me another friend came who um he's a friend now but he wrote for a wrestling blog. Mm. And he was there because Xavier Woods was there. The wrestler. Okay. Yep. And, um, and him and I did a song together. And he, like, videoed it. Mm. And then he put it on his wrestling blog. Like, wrestler Xavier Woods is rapping with Mega Ran. And, like, <laughs> I'm on a wrestling news site. And I'm like, yo, that's crazy. That's crazy. So, like, that happened from that, too. Like, just, again, opportunity and making the most of it. And I was like, well, if he's going to be here, then we should do something that's going to make a moment. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like if you're here together, like why not make a moment? Make like, a moment well, of it, who's ever sure. seen this wrestler rapping? Like, let's right, let's go. Right. You know? Um, you rap the third verse of this song. Let's do it. You know, and like Rest he up. killed it. So like that that show led to a lot of mm. cool opportunities. You know, I always I thank Greg every day. I just talked to him yesterday, actually, Greg Miller, mm. um, the guys that, um kinda of funny, uh, for always just being there for me, like early on in the game, you know, just like I came to their Little small place when it was, you know, Podcast Beyond Mm -hmm. and him and Greg and Colin. And I sat my little busted Nintendo system up there (laughs) and I plugged it in and I played the Dr. Wiley song. And Colin was like, This is the greatest thing I've ever heard, you know. And like, we just had so much fun. And like, they supported me for so long. And I've met so many great friends through that, you know, fans, supporters, friends who were like, Yo, kind of funny best friend. What's Mm -hmm. up, you know? And I'm like, Man, I appreciate that so much.
1: Was it, was it a, um, was it a difficult decision for you to to kind of stick to who you are, right? And, and say, I'm going to do, I'm going to rap about the stuff that I love. I'm going to rap about video games. I'm going to rap about wrestling. I'm, and really, at this point, it's become a lot more popular now. Yeah. But mm-hmm. at this point, when you started doing it, it was nobody awesome. was doing it. it. It was such an underground thing. Oh yeah, that was, and it was I mean, almost looked down upon oh, from yeah. oh from the mainstream. Definitely looked down. What are these guys? These guys aren't rappers. <laughs> yeah, They're just corny. These, these, it's, you these, know, yeah, these guys like, are gimmicks. Like what is, is this? Geek,
2: this? Is a gimmick, whatever. How but hard was that? Very hard, man. Like, um, I grew up, and especially we talk about that middle school age, like where at that time your peer groups are the, are your life. You right. know what I'm saying? What your friends think of you, what they what they yeah. want if they want to hang with you, is your life.
1: And then being from Philly as well, right? And like just, Philly, just like, that lifestyle.
2: It's a it's a it's a rough town. Not necessarily like, oh, I was in the slums and you know. Right, right, right. But, but like still. as far as the hip hop scene went, you know, it was like you had to be kind of tough. You know, even my favorite rapper of all time, Black Thought, Jim yes. Roosevelt oh, is my. an incredible MC. That. But <laughs> also like you don't want to mess with him. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, that's still, he's super intelligent. He's super fly. But still, like, there's a rough edge. Yeah, you know, yep, being yep. from Philadelphia, it's like, yeah, all right, you don't want to mess around. Right. You know? So there's always been that. And when I came up, it was Beanie Siegel. It was uh, Freeway. It was yep. Young Guns. It was, you know, like, street rap. You had to be street. Then later it was Meek Mill and the the smack battle scene, the DVD. Like, it was tough, man. Like, and so to like, I was just like, no one's ever gonna mess with my stuff. Like, they're not gonna like it. They ain't. They ain't gonna hear it. I'm gonna just stay in my world. But honestly, it was guys like Kanye, it was guys like Lupe Fiasco, yep. you know, that showed me that there was different ways. Um, Del the Funky sapiens, Yep. Yeah. Doom. You know, I yep. was like, yo, like, there's guys who can do this. You know, mm-hmm. you can. Most importantly, if you're dope, like. And, like, just discovering, like I said, with MySpace and the internet, yo, there's a whole world out there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, now I look at it and be like, yo, I I look at my stats once in a while, and I'm, like, on Spotify, and I'm like, what's my top city? And my top city is a place I never would have thought. It's Chicago. Wow. And I'm like, what? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) That's dope. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? That's dope. So it's like how you know what I mean yeah. like yeah. I don't know so <laughs> I look at these things and I'm just like there's a whole world out there yeah. you know there's so yeah. many people there's pockets of of nerds of geeks who love rap mm-hmm. and there's plenty of kids like me who was brought up in it raised around it loved to listen to it never did it but still love it you right. know what I'm saying mm-hmm. and still can find a relatable element in it I still right. think Jay Z's amazing even though I've never done anything he's talked right him. right you know what I'm saying of course so there's a I'm not the only one you know, so it's like when you find that out, and you find your tribe in in Seattle, and Houston, in L.A., and like where it's like, oh dang, there's like a few hundred people everywhere, right, who will relate to this, and it's like that inspires you. But it was very difficult. I just assumed nobody was ever gonna buy it. I was like, I'm gonna just do it for myself. You know, so when I started. I did a Mega Man remix album called Mega Ran, mm-hmm. and I didn't expect it to work out. You know, I was just doing it, and then people was like. Yo, I remember Mega Man. Yo, I remember this. You know, yeah. like people just. The nostalgia just, factor. Like, Yo. Yep. And I I never forget it's this. Best story that explains this is I was. I used to write. um, I used to call myself random, a.k.a. Mega Ran. So I'd be like, all right, if I'm doing a rap show, a rap rap show, I'm random. Mm. And I'm going to make these raps about this thing, about like real life and being cool mm. and then if it's a mega ranch show i'm gonna do these things about robots and spaceships and not being cool you know <laughs> and uh and i was at a show man i was opening for sean price rest in peace in philly yeah, rest in peace. and um and what i was like yo i'm about to do this next song and some dude in the front you know philly's hat down hoodie was like yo do the mega man joy yo and i was like that's crazy. What you know about me? <laughs> the whole crowd was like, "Yeah, I'm in Mega Man." Yo, you know, they started talking about That's it. I was like, "Dope." You know what? Like, '80s babies do recognize right. this stuff. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, "There's a there's a lot more overlap than I thought." Mm. So I was like, right, I'm going to do the Mega Man show And they're like, okay, okay, you know. And then I started putting on the Mega Man can that shows. And people was like, yo, I ain't never seen nothing like this. This is so dope. That is you dope. You know I mean? Bringing out a Nintendo to make beats on. Right. And, like, I just was like, yo, I just realized, I think it's a quote I've seen somewhere, it's just like, fitting in is actually kind of harder than standing out. Mm, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Because, yo, if you're forcing yourself to be something you're not. Very true. That's not easy. Yeah, you know right. what I'm saying? So... I I realized that later, like, yo, and it's a lot more fun to stand out. Right. You know what I'm saying? I get on a show and you know, it might be ten acts on there and they all dress the same, they look the same, they sound the same, mm-hmm. and then there's some dude with a freaking Mega Man candy. <laughs> right. Which one are you gonna remember at the right. end of the night? Right. Oh <laughs> you know for sure. Yeah. You are like, oh those guys were cool, but yo, know, this guy did this crazy Mega Man thing, and I ain't never seen that, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's when I realized it was much more fun to to be myself. You know, and just be like, you know what? If they don't dig it. They don't dig it. You know, because yeah. when I was wrapping my face off at these shows, going to New York, going to these places like for Rap Battles, EO Dub, uh, Scribble Jam, yep, yep. a lot of these places I've done, Castle just sit there like this. Mm-hmm.
1: Mean mugging. Yeah. Afterwards, we'll be like, you alright? Right, right. right. <laughs> yeah, you got, yeah, you got some but bars. Like, yo, I, I like that. Right.
2: Yo, I fuck with that. Yeah, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't tell. Right, right. <laughs> I couldn't right. tell. That's funny. Right, right. You know? right, right. And it's like, you know, now I'll be like, yo, put your hands up, have some fun. Everybody, do do a wave, you know. And they're just like, yeah. I've never seen that. You know? Yeah. So that's cool, yeah, man. man. I, I just feel like yo, breaking that that ice and that comfort zone for me will also allow the audience to break their comfort zone. Yeah. And uh and it's just fun, you know. So that's really what helped help me out with that. But yeah, I was very scared, you know, with and I still I still find myself wishing like the popularity was was higher or like oh, there was I wish there was more people who rock with this. I wish there was like people who make this type of music should get a million followers, a million right. subscribers, a million plays, you know. But it's not supposed to be that way. That way, You know what I mean? It's supposed to be for the select few who enjoy it. Right. And I'd rather have a passionate 5,000. Right. Yeah. That is for than sure. Than a passive yep. million. Right. Or mm-hmm. just waiting for the next thing to come along. Right. Yeah. You know? yeah that yeah, is that's true. That's very true. Yeah. Those yeah. people will keep you alive for the rest of your life. That mm-hmm. passionate 5,000, you know? Yeah. For sure. hmm You know,
1: but it's, it's funny, though, because, like, we, I watch a, a lot of, uh a lot of battle rap. Okay. Um And like i'm a big battle rap fan like i watched if you can believe it i started in battle rap i believe it <laughs> i believe it I, i've seen i've seen you freestyle a yeah. couple of times uh, with thanks. the with the uh
2: with the cue cards and all that
1: like give, yeah, giving you the like, words <laughs> it. Yeah, I but yeah it. like i
2: started off freestyle battling like i said scribble jam was was off the top you know like right. you could come in you didn't get a month to prepare you just you didn't know who you were gonna face next round and um that's how I started but then people started catching feelings too much (laughs) you know it's like oh this might be a fight or oh you might say something that i don't like and i didn't like the feeling or the person i turned into Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and as you you know if you watch a lot of battle rap you know like these are the most disrespectful oh my god things that anybody can say oh my god because the point is to try to get get you off your game yes Mm -hmm. so they're gonna say whatever like oh you got a family member that died all right (laughs) it's fair (laughs) game Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like they want to get you off your game so um, I, I didn't like who I was turning into, mm. you know what I mean? Like once I heard negative things about me, I'm like, Oh yeah. And then I just go back and say something right. terrible. And I was just like, Oh man, it's like, you know, um, my, my friend's grandma used to say like when I was teaching, she's like, yeah, these bad kids will change you before you can change them because if the kids mm. are acting up and I'm like, go sit down and I just turn into that monster, you know? it's like, well. Now y'all won, you know, because right. you didn't turn, you got me out of my character. Right. right, So that happened a lot in battle rap. But anyway, go on with you. No, party. you're no, you're good. You're good. <laughs>
1: no, I was just, I, I, think it's funny now though, because there's so many references to, um, a lot of uh, Dragon Ball Z, oh, yeah. Pokemon mm-hmm. bars, the nerd bars, the um, wrestling bars, you know, comic book bars, like yeah. stuff that you really have to know about to understand. And and some of these bars that they that they land with. If you know what they're talking about, you're like, that's crazy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) oh yeah, that is crazy, and it's it's so much more more very
2: specific group of people who were raised at a certain time. Like me, I always say I'm I'm a little I was like maybe three, four, five years late to Dragon Ball. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like the Dragon Ball age is like right below me. Right. You know, I'm I'm 42, so like. Right below me, if you thirty five of you know, whatever, Dragon Ball Z was your thing, right. mm-hmm. you know yeah. what I'm saying? Me, it wasn't that, it was Transformers, G.I. Joe, mm-hmm. comic books, yep. you know, all that other stuff. So I, I, I understand it, and when I hear like Pokemon, things like that, mm-hmm. like Pokemon was everywhere for these kids, yeah, you know, the, yeah. 90, the 90s yeah. kids, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's all over the bars now, you yep. know? And it's like, it's cool to hear, man, it really is. And wrestling was so big in the 90s, you know, so. Huge. I love to see it. I really do. Like, when it becomes acceptable. like, mm-hmm. And if it's dope, it's dope, you know? Especially if everybody gets it. Like you said, if they yeah. get it, then you're, like, mind-blown, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. My dude, Mickey Fax, is really good at that. Shout like, out to Mickey like, Fax. Yeah, man. He'll drop crazy bars and throw in, like, comic books, throw in, like, you know, cartoons, throw in, like, all types of things yeah. that make it, and, and it comes together perfectly. So. H-
1: have you seen the, um, just... We'll go off on the tangent real quick. Um, Have you seen the uh the Mickey Facts situation recently with him and Royce the Five Nine? Did you yeah. hear the Did you hear the the track that Mickey had?
2: Yeah, it's, it's, incredible. Okay. Yeah, it's incredible. incredible. Yeah, I, it, Mickey left Earth, man. Yeah, it was and like fire, and I, he went upstairs for yeah, that man. one, man. He left Earth. I, I, I knew, like, I knew he would, man. Like he he he's a guy who rises to the occasion. I had to know? listen to that
1: probably like three four times just to catch the little. He had a he had um like a never ending entendre at the end of that of uh, the checking boxes. Oh it was my like, god! Bah, 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 he bah, just kept bah, bah, going.
2: Bah, bah, bah. I was like, oh he my god! Going. What is like, it? Yeah, it was like sixteen bars. It was that. just checking boxes. I was and like, was oh my like, god! Like, wow, this is crazy. Oh man!
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. funny mm-hmm. and it's, you know you're talking about some of the greats. Oh yeah, uh, lyricists. So it's it's good to see, and I think they kind of talked about it, and everything's
2: good now. I I, th- I hope so. Like, that's mainly what I, I just wanted everybody to... It's like watching God's spar. You know? Right. It's like <laughs> we get a front-row seat to see them, like, just in the danger room, like the X-Men. Right. You know, we're just like, wow. <laughs> right, them, right. Ryan, look at this stuff they're doing. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like Lupe and Royce are, are gods. Like, right. there's only maybe five people in the world who could do what they do. Yeah. So, it's like, to see this is awesome. Yeah. And so, I just... I hope it. I honestly hope it's just like a rollout for an album. I, I, I hope, hope so too. I hope they both have an album together, and Mickey's on it somewhere. Yeah. And they're just like, all right, here we go. That'd you be dope. Know, that would be awesome to see. So, kind of getting back
0: to your music, uh, you just did a Kickstarter, met your goal. It is still going right it's, now. It's, I don't know when this is gonna come out, but uh, but yes,
2: Live ninety five. Live ninety five is happening. It's an album. It was starting off as an EP. It okay. was just me. Like, um, I got really wrapped up into basketball again this year. And I think the Suns had a lot to do with Mm -hmm. that. And, like, I was, like, a huge basketball fan throughout the 90s. Like, I collected cards. We bought jerseys. Right. They're Mm -hmm. all about basketball, you know. And so now, like, I remembered some of those feelings that we had. uh, We were doing these monthly uh, shows uh, where we were doing online events. Me, MC Frontaline, MC Lars, and Schaefer. And um, just to our fans, like if anybody wanted to like pay to get a ticket, like a a link, we would send it to them. So we did that through the pandemic. So we did like 13 shows in a row. So each one we started theming them. So for March, since it was St. Patrick's Day, we were like, all right, what do we do for St. Patrick's Day? And I was like, all right, I'm going to do a whole show as if I was Patrick Ewing. And everybody's like, what? Like, just trust me. So I got this Ewing jersey and I started I did these skits between songs like as if I was Patrick Ewing and I was going to retire from basketball to like rap <laughs> and like okay. it was just silly <laughs> but like in the process of researching that I just remembered how much I loved basketball uh. in the 90s you know and I was just like man these were some moments man mm. and so um I just started writing down some ideas and then Live 95 came to me because this is a game it was like the first really good basketball game that was like simulation style and all of my friends played yeah. it and we just went crazy on the Genesis on Live 95 yep, yep, and so I was like 1995 was also a really dope year you know yeah. on top of that you know you had guys like Penny Hardaway and you know Chris Webber and all this cool stuff was happening in sports and so and also for me personally you know I was going to college and all these things were happening so I was like okay so I'm going to make this album, like based around the loose concept of like, let's have a live 95, like basically 1995, what it looked like for me. And so there's songs about, you know, about basketball, about like growing up, like playing, shooting basketball on the courts and, you know, and buying, trying to save up money to get Jordan sneakers. Right, and, right. Like all types of things that are sports related, kind of adjacent. Cause I know that a lot of my fans are not sports fans. So it's mostly about the year and how that year affected me so there, there's going to be a lot of basketball references so if we hit our next stretch goal I have this idea where I want to get some I can't say who but some famous basketball player to like narrate the album and uh, and then if I hit that goal then I'll be able to do that and then we're going to make the album on vinyl fire. I'm going to have like one of my favorites from that era i don't definitely don't want to say who but like we have some interest from somebody that's really dope so look forward to this (laughs) hopefully get that kickstarter Kickstarter up now get it up right now get it up we can make it happen so i'm really excited about the album like i said it just started off as like an ep it was gonna Mm. be like six tracks and then i was like no I, i owe you more than this like and i started writing new songs and i really love them so, it's going to happen. Like, the the album is coming together really dope, and it'll be out by the fall. So, I want to make sure that it's out by the time the next NBA season starts. Okay. Fire, nice. Which will be uh, end of October. Okay. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. dude. As soon as we get
1: done, we got to add to that Kickstarter right away. <laughs> we got to make this happen. There you go. Um, Kind of a thing about Kickstarter, you kind of have a history of using Kickstarter to kind of jump some of you know some of your albums how did you because it really wasn't a thing that was you know used for out music per se kind of transition how did you get introduced and, and what made you kind of stick with it over the years
2: hmm. I almost didn't do it this year but like I was just going to just make the album but I was like you know what I think that I want to make the album special for the people who are going to appreciate it or okay going to want it you know and that's really what it was that way but put the album out in a normal circumstance, I sp- you know you spend a lot of money to create it, mm-hmm. spend a lot of money to promote it, and then you just hope you make it back. Right. And you hope and hope that throughout that year you make the money back. Mm-hmm. This way, I have no pressure on the release mm-hmm. because the people who want it are hopefully pre-buying it right, right, right. now. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're they're reserving it, mm-hmm. so it's like all right. I know that these people are going to be pleased, so I don't. There's no pressure on me being like. God, I hope this thing hits you know a million streams. Oh my gosh, I hope it hits the top 10 on iTunes like no, I mean if it happens it's great, but there's no pressure attached to the record. Mm, that's so now and I realized that that changed my mentality on creating it where I wasn't like, "Oh, I got to make this song for the for the gamers. I got to make this song for the radio. I got to mm. make this song for the streets. I got to make this song for the basketball heads, you know." And now I'm just like I can just create yeah. You know, and just listening to to fans talk in the in the comments, and you know when they have supported, it was like, I don't like sports, but I love your music, so I know that you're gonna bring gonna me something fire. that I'm gonna like. You right. know, and I'm just like, Phew, thank goodness, you know, like I was really worried because I was like, this is gonna be something that's very, you know, specifically skewed and targeted to a group of fans that i don't even know if i have you right, know what right. I'm saying. but now like there's no pressure That's like dope. i can just make the records i want and i'm having fun making them and uh so yeah that was what made me want to go to kickstarter it's like maybe my fourth project on kickstarter i think i saw i don't remember the artist but way back in the day that that encouraged me to get on kickstarter i don't even I think it was like Macklemore or somebody that was on there. Like Macklemore funded a music video on Kickstarter. And um, that made me see like, oh, okay. So you can do like fun, creative stuff, like music projects on here. too, Right. And and then I just realized like, you know what? Like I said, I just wanted to make, put it in the hands of the people who would want it. And I want to appreciate it. Very smart. You know, and you know, you got to do like the risk assessment. Like it's very scary to put yourself out there. Literally ask for money, for, yeah. Ask you know, for money, right? Like, oh, can I get yeah. some bread? You know, it ain't like <laughs> right. you, know, you know. I hate to see GoFundMe's pop up, you know. And I'm like, ah, and I just never believe in the idea of something for nothing. So I'm just like, I'm gonna give you a dope album. We're gonna make it like little tops trading cards. We're gonna try to get it on vinyl. We're That's gonna, dope, you know. I'm do like some fitted caps. I'm gonna do some maybe do a jersey. I don't know, you know. what I'm Saying like it was just all these ideas where I was like, I want to make sure I give you something for your support.
1: So speaking of, you, you said like the vinyls and 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 trading cards and all that. Mm-hmm. You've been, you've used Bandcamp very well over the years. Oh,
2: Bandcamp has like saved my life, man. Very
1: well over the years when nobody was really using it. You really took advantage of it early on when it started.
2: I've been with Bandcamp since 2008, I think. And the same thing, I saw an artist that I liked was on there. I think it was Del the Funky Homo sapiens. Okay. I was selling an album on there and I was like, well, if Del's on there, then I want to be on there. And I was like, "How do you get on Bandcamp?" And then I just looked, and they were like, "Just upload your music and start an account." So since I've been in early, they give me like a lot of like access to beta stuff. And okay. And one of those things was the vinyl program. Okay. So now they do a pre-order of a vinyl um, option. Right. So when your album comes out, you can be like, "Yo, do you want to do vinyl as well?" I'm like, "Yeah." And it's like, "All right, well, if enough people buy this, then we'll print it." Mm-hmm. You know. And I was like, "Oh, that's dope." But Bandcamp is direct-to-consumer. Right. You know, uh, if you want to buy my album, you go to Bandcamp, you type in your payment, you type in your email, and then it tells me you bought it right then and there. If I go to Spotify, it doesn't do that. Mm
1: -hmm. You know, iTunes, they
2: don't do that. Right. So now I have a direct connection with you. So when my next record comes out, you're going to get an email. Like, yo, Mega Ran's next project is coming. Right. Because you got the last one. You know, so now I have a direct, and I know what city you're in now. So it's like, oh, you have a fan now in Phoenix. So it it just compiles all the information in a way that nobody else does right you know what i'm saying and um it's weird cuz like the industry is kind of or people that are in the industry they kind of hate on bandcamp but honestly it's because yeah. it's it's a direct competitor it's yeah. it's the other option right you know what i'm saying where it's like direct to consumer you know if somebody and literally they can pay you more for the album they're like you know what this album's so good i don't want to give you 10 dollars i want to give you 50 dollars bam, they can do that. Right. And then it comes right to me. Right. And now I know that you feel that way about my music. And so, like, it does a different thing for you. That's dope. And that, the level of connection, you can't beat it. Like, yeah, between Kickstarter and and Bandcamp, I'm glad you mentioned both of those. They're like, that's on my bag of tricks list. And, like, Mm. these are the things that I recommend to indie artists. Like, utilize them. For sure. For sure. Absolutely. Like, I can go into Bandcamp today and, and find out where the last, Ten CD sales came from. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying like, what city, what state, and I could see a map. All right, so you got more people in Chicago. You mm-hmm. know, buying your stuff like right. that's how I'm able to find that stuff out. And um, and then I know how to build a tour. You know, based on who's buying stuff. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a godsend, man. Like, no reason you can't do the other things. Like Spotify and other things are still very important. Right. That's where everybody is. Mm-hmm. But I think doing it as an option, like, there's no no. Problem but no, it's like it doesn't no hurt. Bad right, that. and having an option to be like, you can go to my bandcamp page and pay me direct. Yeah. You know, instead of me getting the quarter of a quarter of a yeah, quarter of yeah, sin. pennies, pennies to pennies. the and, pennies and to the pennies, which still takes eight weeks to come to me. Right, you know what I'm saying. Right, so yeah. it's like yeah, you can yeah offer the option.
0: Do you, do you do you see more uh people buying vinyl these days? Like people like that. Yeah,
2: you know, vinyl is huge now. Mm-hmm. Actually, having something I I in your hand. That. That, like, digital music's, music's down, but vinyl's up. Yeah, you know what I, mean? I believe like, it. Yeah, people are people will buy vinyl. Like, mm-hmm. they love it. But you got to make it cool. You got to do something special about it. It can't just be a regular black vinyl. You can do swirl colors. Mm-hmm. You can do different colors on each side, you know. Like, I think the more special it feels, the yeah. better, you know. Like, yeah. So I try to do, like, limited stuff. You know, vinyl That
0: tangible though. I I,
2: I love tangible because we're old, you know, no no, no offense, but we're old, (laughs) yeah, yeah. So we appreciate things you can touch. Like, I feel like I don't own it if I can't touch it, right? You know what I'm saying? So, um, I'll stream music, yeah, but if I really love it, I want it, right? I want a physical, Mm yeah, you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, the convenience of digital is awesome, yeah, there's nothing like. Vinyl anyways Even the way it sounds Oh and the, sound. the sound, the sound is, Right yeah. the way The wavelengths and all that yes. is, Yeah Way yes. different Way
1: different Um want to talk about Um Somebody you know Alright Uh And, and Just kind of tell me How you guys kind of started And And how your How your relationship Has grown over the years DN3
2: Oh man that's my brother. That is my brother That's my brother from another um we met in philly um we we've been through all the ups and downs you could go through as, yeah. as friends as brothers you know um but yeah we were we were working on with a label together in philly and he was the one who told me like yo your music's dope but like let me let me get in there and let me kind of okay. let me kind of tool like you know tighten this up and uh, maybe get you some production, maybe mix for you. And I was like, yes, please. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. You know? Right. And uh, so he he was like an executive producer on my first album and like really helped me to kind of put that together and uh, helped me out in like immeasurable ways. So I used to go to his crib after school while I was teaching, go to his crib for two, three hours. we work on new music and then like every day, you know. And um, then he had some... I think, no, I decided to move out here, and then he was like, "is still in Philly, and uh, he was going through some things, and I was like, dude, come on out, man, like, come on out to AZ, man, like, so come see r- life real a little quick, differently. When, 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 when was it that you moved to Arizona? I moved in 06. Okay. Late 06, and so I think he came in, well, I started working on music by myself, and it was definitely a whole different process. So okay. I was like, oh, this is this is harder than I thought. So I was trying to make music without, like, my right-hand man there. And um, and I was like, you just come on out and visit, come check it out. And he came out, and he loved it. And uh, so it was like, maybe a year or two later, and uh, so he's been here ever since. And um, yeah, man, just holding me down. Like we've played shows, we've been all over the world. We've been to you know Tokyo, we've been to London, we've been all over, right? uh, You know, playing gigs. And um, he's always had a different mindset about the whole thing, you know, which I think has helped him. Where he's like you know he's always like man this could this could end tomorrow like this is it's a very special moment got you but it could end so like we should be thankful you know and we should also be thinking about what's next you know and i was like nah, it's fine we just we just love and right know? right right you know so it was always good to have his perspective on things mm-hmm. you know we had a yeah i would say a little tiff that i talk about in the book where we have a moment where you know it it, it really challenged our friendship okay. because the the you know i say like work and you know work and play or right. work and friends right it's, it's, right you know business and friendship you know and um and for me music was a business and for him we were doing it for fun you know what i'm saying so therefore i i understood that we were eventually going to have to have you know a disagreement on this right you know about how important it was to treat this as a business you know and or maybe not you know so so yeah we've had our we've had our times but it's always been like back on as brothers and friends again yeah. you know what I'm saying yeah, like, yeah. We're talking about how stupid the Sixers are in the in the, in the text message or, right, or, right, right. or whatever I'm sorry. <laughs> <Right. funny> <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's my bro I always th- I always consider him the best DJ in the world like he's considered like he's introduced me to Jay Dilla and so much other yeah. like, brilliance and yeah. music you know that has like literally changed my life yeah. you know what I'm saying so like I always will trust his ear with music. So anything I put out, it has to come by him. So the next record, Loud 95, is mostly produced by him. Nice. Dope. Um So, yeah, I think he's he's got, like, seven tracks on there, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, it's been, you know, it's, a, it's the, my longest friendship at this point, particularly in music, you know. And um, a lot of folks don't last to come and go. You know? Yeah, very mm-hmm. true. But, uh, but yep. yeah, like, I'm I'm blessed to have a cat like that who's around. And, you know, we we just, we think alike on a lot of things, yeah. you know? So it's, it's always good to have that person that you can run ideas by. And I always say, like, when this whole thing started, the Mega Man rapper idea, he was the first person I told. And he didn't say, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. Because if he would have said that, I wouldn't have did it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. And, like, I, I he was the one person, like, if he would have been like, don't do that, right. I wouldn't have done it. Mm. And I wouldn't be here, you know. <laughs> that's it. crazy. Right. And like the one guy, I was like, "Yo, I got this crazy idea, man. I, I just I'm I'm gonna like flip some Mega Man samples and, and rap as if I'm Mega Man." And he was like, "What?" <laughs> you know. <laughs> and but he didn't say like that's dumb, you know. He was yeah. like, "All right, destroy let's, let's well, try, yeah, it. let's you do know? it, right? And like because of that, like I'm here. So that's like I'll, I'll never forget that, you know. Like he was the guy I trusted with it, you know. Where if he would have been like. That's trash. That's corny. <laughs> I'd have rethought my yeah Yeah. Things, everything. <laughs> things would have never been the same, right? Uh, yeah. So I always think about that. Like, being encouraging to people is so important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because what do I know at the end of the day? You know what I'm saying? Like, if, what's that guy's name who had that hit with, with Kanye? Little Pump. Gucci Gang. Gucci oh, gang. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. if he would have played that for me and been like, yo, give me your honest opinion, man. Can I make it? I might have been like, no, no, nah, <laughs> nah <that's laughs> you not, ain't got it. That's right? not working. <laughs> I might've said that you saying Gucci gang too much, man. Right. You've got to change this. Now, what do I know? Cause that song made him a lot of money. Yep. Right. So what do right. I know?
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, since, since we're here, this is, uh, hmm. this is your book. Hey. If people don't know. Uh, I've been reading this man. Uh, fantastic, fantastic book. Thank Go pick it up. That. Um, get it anywhere got it off amazon get it on
2: amazon yeah Uh, it's on sale this week actually um is it it is it's half off so go and grab it and um if you see me come to a show i'll sign it cool man uh what what inspired you to to write this man i just had so many stories that were in me you know from Mm -hmm. traveling you know from making music from just taking this on a kind of unconventional path and um i remember just friends telling me man you gotta write a book like oh man you got stories like i just love telling stories and um and so I would just write them all down, mm-hmm. you know, in a notepad, and I was like, all right. And then I started kind of fleshing them out, and I was like, wow, I think I got enough for like a whole book, you know. And um, so yeah, it's like about my life, about the beginnings, mm-hmm. about Philadelphia, about teaching, about music, you know. And um, yeah, like, and most importantly, it's about the lessons I learned, in yeah, those, in those in those travels, I, and the I, mistakes I made, I love and things it. like that. Yeah. So I try to keep it honest, man. It's mm-hmm. not. It's not hundred percent like, oh man, Mega Rand wins all the time. Like you know, it's, like it's important to right. show to show my failures because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people just think, oh man, Mega Rand's winning again. That's what right. he does, you know. But it's like, nah. There's like seven hundred failures that between every win, it fe- it seems mm-hmm. for me that um that you don't get to hear about. So yeah. at least I think it's important to hear those like to hear the journey. At yeah. least for me, like yeah. when I artists I love, I want to see what they got through. To, to keep going yeah you know so yeah. that's a lot of that
0: yeah because you know when when I was re- reading some of this these uh, stories and uh, they're just so inspiring because it's not it is failure but it's it's the push mm-hmm. of you continuing to go and um and what I love about it is the positivity too of it you yeah. know it's trying to find the good in those bad moments yeah you know and I just I love it. I think everybody needs to go read it. I really
2: do. I I think it's a fantastic book. Thank you. It's my first time writing a book, and uh, it was very difficult, man. Like, I talked to so many publishers, and they were like, okay, so what's your book about? Is it about rap? Is it about video games? Is it about comic books? Is it about a black kid in the hood? Is it about, like, you know what I mean? Like, they were trying to categorize it. Mm. And, you know, and I was just like, well, these conversations are kind of disgusting. You know, because they'd be like, okay, well, black stories are in now so slant it that way you know what i mean and i'm like nah Nah. it's my story Mm right you know so you know and like so i was like i gotta i gotta just publish it myself you know because a lot of people were trying to push it a certain way and uh and i've never been that way even with my life or my music where it's like it's just one thing you know like Mm -hmm. i just have a hard time kind of categorizing stuff and i was like here we go again the same conversations i've had with labels or the with you know yeah people just being like what is it like you got to just tell me so you got to nail it down right I don't really know if it's that easy to nail down you know Mm. and uh but yeah it's it's ultimately if you're gonna nail it down I'd say it's a story of like just positivity despite Mm -hmm. you know tribulations right and how you get through them Mm -hmm. you know and so it ends at a point in 2018 when I went to London to get a Guinness World Record Mm -hmm. and I thought that was like a good good place to end because it was a big moment Mm -hmm. and then um and then maybe there'll be another book, you know. You're still holding that lessons. record, right? As far as I know, yeah. I still got it. You know, uh it's um hundred and thirty video game songs, like songs that have been written about a particular video game. And it was Mega Man for me. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I still got it. Yeah. would uh, be a yeah. hard that's a hard one to, beat. Hard one that's to be. That's a hard one to be.
1: Um two two hands up. Yeah. You and Young are Classic. RJ. I I was. 100% agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. The way it starts off with 2050 mm. um and songs like Algorithm, songs like Pressure. Mm. Like and and obviously the timing of that album, right when it came out. Um were you guys already working on it before things had unfolded yeah. and then it was
2: like well now it's time to put it out was that kind of what happened that's what happened i mean we we had a record we were working on and then man like the timing was perfectly imperfect you know yeah Yeah. unfortunately right right you know so much that we're talking about it literally i think it came out probably like two three weeks before george floyd yeah you know what i'm saying like and we wouldn't plan of course you can't plan for that kind of thing Mm -hmm. but like it was just and, it, and unfortunately we talk about so many things in it as a mom from rj says like 19 20, 20 20 what's the difference right mm-hmm. you yep. know what i mean like stuff like that where i was like wow like we just released this in the middle of the perfect storm and like we're talking about exactly what was happening right you know? and to me that's more of a testament it's more of a sad thing to be like wow like it's sad that you can predict that these things are going to constantly be an issue in american culture but yeah it just just turned out that way man like as much as we wanted to like hold the album and wait and tour it and like do all the things we we, man we had a European tour planned we had so many videos but like nobody could travel so much stuff right that slowed that down but yet you know I feel like you can't can't deny the truth you know and so like there was so much truth in that record yes so much passion in that Mm -hmm. record that like uh, the song Black is Beautiful continues to like, yes. like it's, mm-hmm. it's yes. like my biggest song right now. And like, you know, we put that out a year ago. And um, so, yeah, like it was just, it was so important to me. Like, first of all, like the pressure of being, like working with like Slum Village lineage royalty, you know, like when I just told you about DN3 introducing me to Jay Dilla, young RJ learned from Jay Dilla. Was okay. literally 10 years old sitting in the studio with Dilla you know, making beats or they would pull him out of school to come like listen to things and work on stuff. Right. And so he was a part of such history in Detroit. So like to be able to work with him that closely on that record and like put it together, I think it I like think I said I think it's classic. I don't think as much as I work and I love my work, I don't know if the the I think it's the combination of the music, you know, the lyrics, the timeliness of it. Makes it to me like an undeniable, like it is moment, and for me, where like I don't think I can even reach that again, you right. know, like it. And uh, so yeah, it was just like cra- it was crazy timing, you know, like that's really what it was. And we we're like, we have to get this record out, like, and I kept thinking, like Don't y'all want to save it? Like, there's you know, it's the pandemic and mm. we can't tour, and and there, and him and his pop were like, No, the time is now, yeah, right? and and they were right. You know what I'm saying? I was like, oh, I'll never doubt y'all again. Like this was, like it needed to be said. You know, yeah. and uh, to me, like it was almost like the soundtrack of the summer. You know, because for sure it yeah. lined up almost a like complete 100 percent with the events of of last summer. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And like we couldn't have planned for something like that. So right. that's why I know like that was just meant to be. Yeah, you
1: know? yeah. I I thought I thought the contrast between you and young rj mm-hmm. the, the style mm-hmm. difference right right along with the, back the production force, oh yeah. man i thought it's it so just good. made
2: that album it's so well done. <laughs> it's well so well done. Done. i, yeah, I love it i it's love so it so good. much like i've had like so many people come up to me like Yo, this album's a classic like you mm-hmm. guys, it's yeah it stays in rotation we're working on, it. We're working mm-hmm. on a follow-up okay we are so oh uh, yeah we are continuing to write and record and, and uh, uh, down so it's, it's two happening two again there <laughs> will right, be down. a new two hands <laughs> Listen, up put this in your eye watch yes. real quick <laughs> yes <laughs> uh, yep.
0: do uh, you have a uh, this might be a non-answerable question do you have a favorite project or one that like stands out to you like
1: besides besides
0: that like a turning yeah, point first
2: one uh, the okay call. okay because i think for me that was when i got serious about music you know like even the title, the call was based on like a, a Bible verse. Many are called, few are chosen, you know? Mm. And, um, and how I kind of tried to run away from it. Like I just wanted to freestyle and have fun. Mm-hmm. And, um, and at that time, politically, the world was in a different place. It was George Bush. It was, mm-hmm. you know, uh, 9-11 and all these, you know, the world after nine eleven and trying to rebuild and right. fighting all that stuff. So, um, so that stuff was on my mind. So the first album, I feel like I put so much pain into it because it took so long for me to do. Mm. Uh, I didn't necessarily know if I wanted to do it. Um, and then, like, DN3 had like a computer crash in the midst of creating that album. Oh, so, wow. like, he went to the point where he was like, didn't even want to tell me. He was like, yo, we lost everything, man. And we were like halfway done, or maybe like three quarters done. And, uh, and I was just like, well, we'll just do it better. And he's like, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, how are you going to just rebuild everything? And, uh, and so we did. We started That's rebuilding. Hard to do. And then he, we made new songs that were better than what we had, you know. And I was like, see, it was meant to be, you know. Mm-hmm. So very proud That's of the dope. way that the record came together. And it was probably because of the pain and the bonding that happened mm-hmm. during it. You know, so that album, for sure, uh, Black Materia is big for me. It's the mm-hmm. album that kind of got me going you know got me really into the world um and i wrote most of it on planes just traveling doing conventions that's you know? dope. and just seeing like how much people loved final fantasy 7 and how like that was a cultural moment mm-hmm. for for video games and it yeah. transcended like race it transcended you know economic status like everybody was into this game right and uh that's how me and tj superhype met right it was over black material it was like Loved Final Fantasy. <laughs> like I couldn't talk about it with my homies, right, you know, oh, like right, it was right. that kind of relationship. Right. It's like I just loved it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was just talking to Penny on the ride to LA and he's like, Man, I used to be in some grimy spots playing Final Fantasy. Yeah. People like, what you doing over there? Like, oh nothing, you know. <laughs> you know. Right. Like, you know, just just chilling. And uh, so yeah, like just seeing how that that game meant the same thing to everybody. Again, like I said, I just did it for myself. And then to see that everybody else was also affected just as much as me, like that, that made it really like hit for me. So uh, that's another one that's super special. And of course, two hands up, you know, is is to me forever gonna be like a moment. And it's like almost it was like a graduation to me. Like we opened right as good. We opened for Slum Village a long time ago,
1: uh-huh.
2: um, and during that time, I remember some of them like hearing some of our set and being like, "Yo, man, y'all pretty dope." you know and then again DN3 introducing me to to Dilla and Slum Village and all that and so it was like a full circle it was like you you made it like you did it your way you know what I mean like that to me was like to see I mean we didn't get to do them but we had European tour dates set up where it's like Slum Village with Megaran and I'm just like That's dope. you know what I mean <laughs> like we made it like that right. was like a full circle moment and we're going to reschedule those and make it happen but like being able to say I made it on my own terms. Like, you know, yeah. I didn't have to change who I was and still somehow, you know, made it work. So yeah, the moments, like the albums that represent those big moments, those mm-hmm. are like the favorites. That's and, all. and you have a tour coming up too. I do. Yeah, the Four Eyed Horseman mm-hmm. tour this yeah, fall. Yeah, yeah. Me, MC Lars, MC Fernalot, Chamber of the Dark Lord. We start in September and um, we take a few breaks this time. So we're going out, we're doing like three legs. So it's like West Coast, East Coast, Midwest. Okay. You know, and then we come home in between those. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm really excited to get back on the road. Like, I haven't really played shows in a year and a half. Do you
0: feel like it's going to be weird getting oh, back up there? be weird for sure.
2: <laughs> I might cry. Like, I yeah. seriously. Like, yeah. I spent so much time on stages, like, mm-hmm. for the last few years. And then to not do it at all. Right. It's yeah. going to feel weird, man. Yeah. Absolutely. But, yeah, man, everybody come out. Get those tickets. MegaRand.com yes. slash shows. We're playing in Phoenix as well. Uh, Um, actually, I'm kicking off this tour in Phoenix. We're doing a show on my birthday, September 3rd, at um, the Van Buren, and uh, and then I fly out to Portland with the rest of the guys and we start the tour. So, back on the grind, nice go get those tickets, man! Yeah,
1: so obviously, huge wrestling fan, right? Um, you, (laughs) you uh, and you did say 90s, kind of the attitude era, right? Mm -hmm. So, I got I have a question. Is that your favorite era is the is the Attitude era or do you have an era that you're a little bit more favored of? Uh, just when yeah. it comes to just WWF WWE, uh,
2: well, you know, I look back on the Attitude era now and I'm like, maybe it wasn't all that great. Like there was a lot of great things that happened, but they were great characters. Okay. And, you know, the I'm a fan of wrestling. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Not necessarily the sports entertainment mm. aspect of it. Like okay. I want to see five-star barn burner matches and techniques and stuff. Okay. And for me, that happened in the 80s, you know? Like, okay. a lot of that stuff happened in the late 80s, um, NWA before WCW, um, WWF before WWE Right. Like, was where you got, like, the best matches. But there was still some times where you'd see cool stuff like that times where those things combined for me like i think like bret hart is one of my favorites of all time right because like he was able to survive in the 80s era but also bring that to the 90s he had a classic feud with stone cold Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying um macho man was my guy as Mm -hmm. well Mm -hmm. so i don't know if i can fully I, i do think that era though the attitude era because of the like monday night wars because you had wcw on one channel WWF on one channel, yeah, and you, I was flipping back and forth. yeah, yep, <laughs> flipping, yep. flipping. Oh Goldberg, oh Stone Cold, yeah, yeah, oh, sting, oh man, yeah. mankind, yeah, Sting, right, right. Oh, yeah. you know, like The Rock, oh, right, like, right, So flipping That's back and forth mm-hmm. to watch classic stuff because they knew that they had to beat each other, so they was just like giving you the dope stuff, the craziest yeah, matches like, yeah. over and over, like so. That to me was my favorite time, like the heat of the Monday Night Wars. I guess that was like ninety seven, ninety eight, yeah, where it was just like. You didn't know it was gonna happen one show, one moment to the next. Like, right. Oh, they giving you a world title match on TV. Oh, it ain't on a pay per view. Right? Okay, let's go. You know, <laughs> like seeing that kind of cool stuff. Like so, that was my favorite era because I loved Goldberg. Mm-hmm. I loved Diamond Dallas Page. Mm-hmm. But then I also loved Stone Cold, The Rock, Mankind. You know, so there was great, huge stars on both huge stars both, both networks. So it was like that was my favorite time.
1: Do you have a? Do you have a? um put you on the spot do you have a top five
2: of oh, top five wrestlers yes of all time Ooh, <laughs> that's tough um macho man bret hart the rock dusty roads stone cold i was gonna say <laughs> yeah. you don't have stone cold in there stone cold. All right, yeah. i'm like whoa i was like
1: those I, lo- I love the list, but I was like, with where's Stone
2: Cold at? Stuff, I had to put Stone Cold in there. <laughs> I like Stone Cold a lot. But, like, I was also in the Goldberg. Like, I was also yeah. in the other guys. But, yeah, those are my top, for sure. That's a great
1: top five. Yeah. That's a great top It's hard, too, because there's so there's many. There's so great many. I mean, you, got, you got the Undertaker who yeah, just lasted for, for forever. forever. Yeah. You got
2: Undertaker. You got, like, Jeff Hardy and all these guys. Yeah. And, like, there's so many, like, Legends. legends that like, you know, it, it's, it's tough. My top five changes time to time. So right. that's best for today. <laughs> okay. I like it. Yeah. I like
1: it. Um, one more thing. Do you, uh, kind of how you got into the wrestling? Cause you're now really working with guys that are actually in the profession. I know you kind of hinted towards it uh, earlier, uh, but you have really been a lot more involved with,
2: guys in in different leagues in the WWE and over here and yeah. they, uh, you it's, know. Been, it's been it's been strange man like that was a strange journey i started off um i started doing a podcast mm-hmm. but um before that it was um i just happened to meet Xavier Woods the New Day um who's a big gamer so he loved games i loved games he reached out to me to use some of my music but he was on the indies. Okay. And I was like, Oh, of course, you know and then we just started talking about games. And then um he would be like, Hey, I'm in town, you know, whenever I'm doing a show or we're 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 moving. He's moving. So he's like, Yo, I'm in Atlanta tonight. Where are you? I'm in Atlanta. Okay, come Dope. to the show. So I started coming to wrestling shows, he started coming to my concerts and that's what got me back into wrestling, was just okay. following what the New Day was doing. I was like, let me see what my guy's doing And uh from there I just got back way into it. <clears throat> And uh, I was at a show uh, in Houston. Um, It was Night of Champions. It was Sting was wrestling uh, Seth Rollins. And Sting was my guy from Uh back in the day. Uh So I was like, all right, let me watch this match. And then Sting got hurt. And I was so sad. He got injured. And I was like, oh, man, I'm probably never going to see Sting again. This is so sad. I want to talk to somebody about this. So then I started the podcast (laughs) that night. It was like, let me just hit record on my laptop Mm -hmm. and just talk about what I saw. Right put it on the internet the next day and people were like, oh, maybe i ran started a podcast. And like, I became like wrestling press, I guess, or mm. whatever. And then at the same time, you know, Xavier would invite me out to shows. And one day he was like, yo, we got this rap battle and we want you to come on in the ring with us and Wale and do this cool thing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And it was just awesome. And like, and I was backstage the whole day, just chilling. And you know, and I, I saw a wrestler backstage who who didn't work at wwe He, he worked in japan and i was like what's he doing here and like and i remember them telling me like don't take pictures don't fan out just relax and uh and i was just chilling and i see this guy and then i saw one of the referees went up to him and took a picture with this wrestler and i was like all right so he must not be here every day this is a this is a guy that's this is a big deal he's from Japan right I'm gonna take a picture with this guy yeah. I hope I don't get in trouble so <laughs> I was like "I take a picture he's like yeah yeah we took a picture um, Okada who's like a legendary New Japan wrestler and um then I posted it on my Instagram and next thing you know it was on every wrestling website Oh God, I was backstage. Mega rand has got the scoop. And I'm like, yo, <laughs> what are y'all doing? Like, <laughs> chill. And like, up. So now I'm like, the stuff I do is like wrestling news, mm. which is really weird. But they always fishing for a scoop or something, you know, right. in the wrestling world. So anything that looks like, oh, Vince McMahon's about to sign this guy. Mm. And it's like, no, he was just visiting his friends, you know. Like, they all work. They do the same job. Right. So they're friends. Um, but yeah, it became all these weird rumors And I was like, oh, I gotta be careful about what I'm doing Cause like, I'm too close like, right. you know, I'm hanging out with wrestlers And then it becomes news that I hung out with wrestlers So I gotta like Help them keep the secrets. right? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, not not tell everything So um, so yeah, man, after that And then um, I got invited to win, uh, Ring of Honor invited me to, to do a song for them And they asked me to come to Madison Square Garden And rap the song live and then like oh a wrestler is going to interrupt you and i had like a real program with with bully ray dudley you know what i'm saying oh like, yeah yeah so like yeah, I remember, real, yeah i remember yeah i remember that almost feud it i remember like, that it's happening in my life like <laughs> i grew up watching these guys yeah, right and yeah and i right. in the ring and like me and teak are in there and he's like pushing us around and i'm like this is awesome <laughs> you know <laughs> that's fire like, so yeah man i never would have imagined that part would come from it so from there, you know, mostly, like, I think, you know, Xavier just introducing me to guys has helped me out a lot. I've done songs for AEW now. Um, right. You know, so it's it's been very fortunate. Like, I want to see the relationship continue. I did my first ring announcing during WrestleMania weekend at um, GCW. They had me, you know, announcing. And that was a hard job. That's like the hardest job on the show, I think, to be the person who's like, ladies and gentlemen, come in next to the ring. Like, Mm. you got to know the person's weight. You got to know where they're from. You got to, you can't mess it up. And like, I'm just meeting all the wrestlers that day. So it ain't like it's Stone Cold and the Rock and like, I know them. Right. It's guys I just met. Right. And I'm like, wait, did he say he was from Tampa, Florida or Pensacola, Florida? 200 pounds like, oh sitting, nah. you know what I'm saying I'm just sitting there like oh no <laughs> well, yeah, right. and so I had to write everything down on a little card and I would just pull the card out the little note card and then I would even be asking the referee like yo which guy is that <laughs> he's That's like just... I don't know <laughs> I'm just gonna do my job like, please like I got two oh, names man. written down I don't want to say the wrong name and I'm like
1: oh, oh man and so I
2: got mostly through the show okay but I messed up on one guy's name and um like where he was from he looked back at me like what and i was like oh that's the wrong guy okay like, <laughs> <laughs> okay let me fix uh, that so that was the most nervous i have been cuz i was doing something different right but like as an mc like this is kind of in my wheelhouse like you know just talking to crowds and getting them hyped for the matches so like i really want to do that some more so that's hopefully dope. i can do that with like either some local promotions like i want to do ring announcing like i think that's that's really dope it's a cool mm-hmm. way to to utilize my skills, I guess. Right, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and I just want to be a part of it. Like I don't want to interrupt what they doing. I don't want to get in the ring and do a Stone Cold mm. Stunner. Like you know, <laughs> right. like nah. I just want to <laughs> add to, you know. That's it. I just want to give back the, to what I love. Like the stuff that that's what it, that's how Mega Ran started. I wanted to give back to gaming. You know, like the way my favorite rappers used to sample jazz, I sample video games. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, what I'm saying y'all sample funk and these other things. I sample games. Mm-hmm. You know. And it's like, yeah, just, just showing, paying homage to the stuff that you dug you know, yeah. back in the yeah. day. And so it's the same with wrestling. Fire.
0: Yeah. I'm going to switch it up a little bit. Your Twitch channel. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
2: I'll be, be Twitching. I'll be yeah? on Twitch. you doing
0: Twitch? Uh, what do you do on Twitch? Do you do you play games? Because I've... Mm-hmm. Or do you... Oh, what, yeah. I, what do it I do it all. Do it I, all? My okay. Twitch
2: is... It changes by the day. So Monday, I do Monday Night Ran, which is me... DJing wrestling themes until Monday Night Raw comes on. Okay. So I'll get on for a couple hours and I'll DJ and I'll just play like, okay, here's Stone Cold's theme and then here's a rap version of that and here's the Rocks theme, rap mm. version of that, you know. And uh and I'll mix it up and play that for a while. Um I used to do Mega Man Mondays where I would play Mega Man, but then I started doing Monday Night Ran So Tuesday now for me is two K Tuesday. So I'll play NBA two K. Okay. Um I'm doing like a my team, I build my team I'm collecting cards i build shoes whatever the game will let you do uh-huh. and um and then wednesday i'm in the studio so usually uh i'm in the studio with felix uh hks and i'll bring the camera set up and like here's what i'm working on today oh i'm doing a feature for this guy and it's about dragon ball or it's uh-huh. about he-man you know and then i record the process um thursday is throwback thursday so i'll pick a game an old game i was playing halo for a while so I will take an old game and we'll nice. just start start playing through that a little bit, uh, and then Friday is used to be free play, so I just play whatever. But now it's fighting game Friday. Okay. So Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat or Fire. Um, we've been playing Brawlhalla a lot. It's just free fighting game. That's super fun. Um, so yeah, I try to do it. It's a variety. Now I call it's called a variety channel now okay. because, um, people might be used to seeing me as a musician, but it's like I don't want to do music content six days a week right like i don't want people to just be watching me in the studio six days like Mm -hmm. i would get bored with that so it's like i'll play video games i'll do other stuff i'll dj you know make beats maybe editing video like whatever i'm doing i try to bring people into that world for just maybe two three hours a day did you did you
0: start it because of the pandemic
2: i don't i had my account for a long time okay but i hadn't really given it a consistent go Mm -hmm. until the pandemic and so once i started doing that I was able to get partnered on the channel and that helps a lot like with Mm -hmm. you know making a decent you know income out of it as well as like being consistent with what you're what you're providing to people but um but yeah i was meaning to but i didn't have a good enough computer and uh and ironically right before right before pandemic went down Mm -hmm. um someone like gifted me a computer and, uh, and I was like thanks like now I can play video games on it Right. and, and then shut down a month later and I was like alright well it's time to stream mm-hmm. you know so That's that dope. helped me out nice. a lot yeah so it's just a way of keeping content coming as well mm-hmm. as staying consistent creating like when I'm DJing I'm practicing you know what I'm saying like I'm right. learning how to right. be a better DJ you Okay. Know? so it's like it's helping me to to get in those grooves and learn
1: I saw you had the, um, the Master P sample on there yeah, that's right. Dying laughing. Oh
2: man, I I've read that somewhere. Like uh, we do these like sample school once in a while, where I'm like, all right, if I was playing, and this usually just comes to me at the moment. So I'm playing a track, and I'm like, oh, I hear a sample. I, well, that's where that came from. What you know? Right. And then I just stop everything, and like all right, let me teach y'all real quick. I'm gonna play you play jump on it, you know, uh, Apache, and then show you that that noise is what made the make them say, uh. Did, did, is the and I was fire. like
1: what? That was fire. Like, it blew my it mind. It blew my mind bad. when I saw you do it. I was like what's I going was on like, here? yo it's the same. Right, oh, Like y'all learning and I'm learning. It's yeah. like when I was
2: teaching when I would be doing math mm. they'd be like oh yeah the square root cosine and this and that and they'd be like that's right and I'd be like Oh, that is right. (laughs) Yeah, you know, like I just learned with the kids. Right. So, like, it's yeah. So that was a fun. Like, so whenever like it just happens randomly, where I'm like, all right, this is a sample that a lot of people might not know happened, especially that one because it's literally one second. It's just one sound. Yeah, (laughs) just that's that stab. That's it. And they made a whole song out of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the beauty of hip hop. Like the brilliance of it, that like one little thing can become. An iconic moment. Yeah. For somebody else, you know.
1: Do you do you think it's necessary right now to be to have different things that you're doing outside of music if you're an artist, to have some type of show, some type of cause you see a lot more people that are, are still very much in the music industry mm-hmm. working now having a podcast on top of it or a weekly this or something else that they're doing outside of music do you think that's more necessary
2: now yeah I think so Um, especially during the the pandemic time like when you if you couldn't get out and perform like I I feel for a lot of artists who just rap Mm -hmm. just make music Mm -hmm. just perform because it's like all right, if the venues are closed then what are you gonna do like you're gonna go get a job like you know a lot of my friends started Uber Eats and Mm -hmm. you know Ubering and lifting and stuff and it's like yeah cause like what else you gonna do right you know um when I first quit my job, I rock, rock I asked Shut him, up, he's, I he's a guy I, I consider a mentor in a lot of ways. I asked him for advice and he was like, diversify. Like that was the number one thing he told me back then. He was like, you need to have multiple streams, you know, multiple avenues, because if you just rap, you're going to have a hard time paying your bills Uh you know and I think about that like yeah unless you're making like doing really great numbers just rapping Mm -hmm. it's going to be difficult you know and and he was right you know and but for the most part like I was just rapping and doing okay you know what I mean um I started a podcast random encounters where like I I was just talking to myself for like Mm -hmm. 10 minutes like it was just a story Uh um and, and most of those stories wound up my book Uh you know because I was like oh these are great stories let me build them expand them Right, you know but it was like okay here's the first time that like I I went to a kindergarten class and had to teach you know or here's a story about the first time like a kid like raised up on me like he wanted to fight me Right, you know like these were interesting stories for me so I was like let me just tell them and um, I really enjoyed it but like during the pandemic I was like well I want to expand it so I want to start bringing in other creatives to talk about what they're doing during this time um, so yeah, now it's it's almost like everybody has a podcast. Yeah. It's like some everybody's some got your, something else. To. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I think you kinda have to diversify, but you also have to bring something different to the to the table, to the game. Right. You know, like you have to fill a void. You know what I'm saying? Like if there's a wide open space for people who like video games but also like smoke weed and, and skateboard, you know what I'm saying? Then right. like Combine that's, that and, and fill that void. Yeah, you know, and that's really what it what it is. It's like finding your your niche in this world, you know, and um, creating something that you care about. Like it, you know, so I always tell people like you got to be creating something that you you're passionate about, and talking about what you're passionate about, mm-hmm. and and fill a void because you, if you're doing the same literal same thing that ten other people do, then what's gonna make it make it stand out? You know, right. But yeah, I do think you almost have to, you know, you don't necessarily have to have a podcast because everybody has that, you know, right. like you could, but some other thing they say, like most people have like seven streams of income to be comfortable as creatives. You should mm. be looking for seven Okay. as the number, like seven different ways to get paid, you know, which sounds like a lot, you know, that like, or, like a lot. Yeah. yeah. But you know, but there are ways to, to make what you do. Like the guy, my Twitch partner told me, Yo, if you if you stream for three hours on Twitch and you play video games for three hours, you should be able to pull Instagram content from that, YouTube content from that, right? Twitter content from that, Facebook content from that three hour stream. Here's a funny moment that's going on my Insta. Here's a funny moment It's going on my TikTok. Right. Here's a you know now you have filled and that and could be your, your seven, seven streams, right? You know right. what I'm saying? Autism, makes, yeah. And, yeah. makes perfect and sense. It's just one piece of content. But being creative with it and putting it in different
1: places, and it reaches what, and it reaches a different demographic mm-hmm. everywhere you put it. Like who, whatever you put on Instagram, the, those same people don't. Different people are going to
2: see it on TikTok. Different people are going to see it that on Facebook. It he told me that too. Like yo, don't think that people, uh, you know. Are going to every one of your sites because they're not you know there's people who only hang on YouTube there's people right. who only hang on Instagram Right. Mm. like my wife's only on Instagram you know what I'm saying mm. like she's not anywhere else so I know that she ain't gonna see any other pieces of content that her favorite people might be making so yeah create something for everything and, and utilize that time that you spent creating to put it in multiple places mm. you know and that could be your streams do you manage all your social media by yourself yeah how hard How hard is oh, that's that? That's impossible. But
1: I have to. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, dude, there's no way. <laughs> but I have
2: to because I know that if I don't, it's not going to be authentic. It's okay. not going to be in my voice. It's not going to mm. be, you know, like I've had a manager try to like post for me and things. And I was like, nah. Okay. It's not in my voice. It's not authentic. It's just such, not gonna, such a hard thing to they're do. They're going to see through it. But what you could do and what Lars told me is he's, he uses a different day for each thing. Like, yo, Monday I'm just on I'm doing Facebook. Gotcha. Tuesday I'm doing Twitter. Wednesday I'm doing Mm. TikTok. You know, Thursday I'm doing Instagram. And Friday YouTube. You know what I mean? Like if you break it down into days and maybe even an hour of that day and then you're done. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. You you get off of it. Like I think that's the most important thing is that social media is is built to to be a time suck. Right. It's supposed to keep you there. Right. Like Mm -hmm. now YouTube is not even grading you on the number of views you get. It's about watch time. Yep. Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's yep. all about yo, keep that watch time up. Mm-hmm. Oh, they only watching 30% of your video. Look, keep them watching, you know, like it's they're only rewarding you by how long people stay on the platform. Right. So, as a creator, get the heck off the platform. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like go go make something for something else. Like don't get sucked in to watching the timeline, especially instagram man instagram can take an hour of my day in no time because i'm just scrolling scrolling you know Uh and so it's like give give them what you got to give them and then get out right (laughs) you know as a creative get in and get out because you are going to lose so much time like i'm really bad at time management so i'm not as good at following these as as i am giving them to you (laughs) because i'm pretty bad but (laughs) At the same time, like, I, I realize it. Like, you know, I started setting timers on my phone where it would, like, shut Instagram down for me after an hour. You know, okay. Because that was the only way. And, like, I was, like, uh, and then sometimes I'll be, like, hit this button to get 15 more minutes. I'm, like, yeah, I need 15 <laughs> right, more. Right, I need 15 right, more. Right, All right, 15 right, right, more. Right, it's okay. like a morphe drink, it really man. Like, like, Straight I just up. need a little more. Yeah, yeah straight yeah, up. Yeah, it's tough, man. But, like, as a creative, like, you can't be at your best creating if you're just intaking. Yeah, <laughs> you know right. what yeah, I mean? For sure. Like you can't because like it's going to make you want to do what mm. they do or it's just going to make you stuck watching them. Right. You know, like mm, right. so I, I I listen to a lot of like self help stuff and you know, like mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. creatives and a lot of it's like yo, when I, one guy was saying like when I get in album mode like I delete all social apps from my phone, you know, mm. it's like it's just like the old thing Jay-Z used to do, like, let his hair grow when he was working on an album. And I'd be like, what's up with that? But it's just, like, a symbolic thing to be, like, I'm I'm removing distractions. Right, I'm locked you know, in. Like, I'm locked in. I, right. ain't, I ain't going to the barbershop. I ain't got time because the barbershop is a time suck. You gotta right. sit there and yeah. talk. You know, so it's, like, it's a, it's a great symbolism to be, like, let your hair grow. Like, yeah. right. Step yeah. away. You know what I mean? Uh, So, yeah, like, now that I'm in album mode, like, I'm probably gonna have to start deleting... Then you know, the socials like I can't be as active, but I gotta push the Kickstarter. So it's like, <sighs> yeah, yeah, difficult, man. <laughs> you gotta battle. you gotta push it's your content. Right, so it's like, right. You what have to. What do you do? You do? To. Yeah, yeah. Yep. You
1: gotta stay on it at all times.
2: Yeah, it's it's tough, man. Yeah.
0: So I'm mm. curious, what do you think about hip hop in general, the mu- the state of music? Mm. Hip hop is in at this mo- moment in 2021.
2: I think we're in an awesome place, man. Because um, I think people are realizing more every day like their freedom mm. to create, to be themselves. Like, we get to hear music that's so different now. Mm. Like, the fact that so many things can exist at once, it's like, man, that's dope. Like, somebody was mentioning, like, back in '93, the top albums were like The Chronic and Tribe Call Quest. Mm. You know, like, that could exist at the same right. time. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of in that moment now where it's like, if you like something, you can find it. And it might be flourishing you know what I mean like where Griselda can exist with the baby right you know what I mean like and both do well right it's right wild, very true you know what I'm saying like it's it's a cool time for expression and being original yeah like you don't have to sound like what's out there and and you can still make a, a decent you know niche and you can still carve your way um so I think it's great because of the fact that I can find stuff that I really like, mm-hmm. you know, um, for sure. Like, there's so much good stuff happening right now in music, you know. I mean, of course, there's the balance of the other side where it's like, oh man, come on, that stuff that's on the radio, I'm not into Right, right. But that's always been the case, so. Right. It's, but yeah, but the fact that you can find whatever you want, and uh, artists are kind of recognizing their freedom to be themselves. Right, very true, like each yeah. other, very true. You know, I think it's dope, so it's cool to see even in Arizona man like the music that's coming out of here I think has been the best it's ever been you know and uh, so everybody's in a good place because we nobody feels like they necessarily have to chase a trend you know right Um, and I think like so many more artists like of my favorite artists are independent now Mm -hmm. yeah very true like where they're you know they don't have that pressure from a label to make the single and oh make this for the ladies and make this for the club right Mm -hmm. it's like nah. I just make a music. I'll right, just make a thing. Yeah. you know, and uh, I I like that. You know, so
0: I do too. I, I'm loving the blends of everything. I love what the these, these kids are doing. with yeah, this I mean, technology I, man, is awesome, like, man. Seeing, it's so like, cool.
2: My favorite thing, my favorite album right now is Tyler the Creator's album. Mm. You know, and it's like to see his it's his growth. You know, from this kid who was like, oh, it's all shock value. Like, oh, he's just you know, just doing wild stuff just to do it. To like him growing as a musician, as yeah. a person, as a man, like, and he's just like, I'm just rapping, you know, right. like I'm just having fun, right. you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, it's really cool to see, like no pressure, just being free, yeah. you know, and um, I like it, man. I, I, I love where everything is going right now. Like, I don't have any problem finding inspiration, you know, which is I think a dope sign to yeah. be like. I don't have to go back and listen to the old stuff and be like, "Oh man, I just gotta listen to the old catalog in the '90s." And right, right, right. It's like, no, I can find inspiring stuff mm-hmm. that's coming out today, which yeah. is which is dope. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Good question.
1: Well, though. yeah, that, that was a fire <laughs> question. <laughs> oh man, we're gonna let you get out of
2: here. Uh, you didn't ask me like, uh oh, what did young... we forget? <laughs> no, you really didn't forget anything. But you didn't you didn't ask me any of the like the like gotcha questions where it's like, all right, so who don't you like? Oh no, <laughs> <You know>? no, those kind of things.
1: No, 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 man. No. We we, we tried... leave that to the, okay. other yeah, leave yeah. the other guys. There's enough of those guys going around, man. Is, I'm, going. I'm good on that. <laughs> definitely is enough of that. You know, or like I
2: just want to make it known that like I I um. I'm I'm the greatest rapper of all time. That is uh that is left-handed, and uh and likes Mega Man. Yeah, that's me. I'm the greatest. <laughs> there it is right I'm there. The greatest at that. <laughs> there it is right there. There it is right there. We, you know, we
0: we just try to bring uh, you know positivity as much I as possible. I appreciate it. You know, uh, we don't really like the negative content. There's enough. Good. Again, like what you there were saying, like you know, if you want that, go get that somewhere else. That's mm-hmm. not really our thing.
2: You know. I'd say that about like so many things like when when people think or expect artists should be a certain way it's like mm-hmm. like if I I love how like at the moment I mention something and I'm not a political guy but uh, it's kind of hard to be apolitical these days right mm-hmm. you know we're exactly. in a political world so yep. you gotta be you gotta wake up you know so if I say something right. about the way things are going and what I don't like I love that. Fans will be like, oh, man, stick to, uh, yeah. stick to video games. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, yo, you can go and find several other artists who have no opinion on nothing. Like, there's so many of them you can find and right. listen to. So if you don't like me having an opinion, go listen to them. Right. right. You know what I mean? Like, go find somebody who don't care. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because there's plenty of them, you know, where, like, I don't listen to them for their views. I may just listen to them for their music. Right. You know? And you you know you're not gonna get you're not gonna get politics from like West Side Gun, you right. know what I'm saying? So it's like there you go, right? Enjoy it, Or you Dave know. East or, yeah, right, like right? You're not gonna get that, you know. But if you want a little more of that, then yeah, that's that's where I am, you know what I'm saying? So, but yeah, like I don't knock them, you know. I don't knock anybody for not putting having a you know speaking their mind, right? You know? yeah. Right. Of course. But like at the same time, like no, what you are getting from me is gonna be different. So mm-hmm. like from you guys, I, I appreciate that. You're like no. You want the negativity? You know where to go for it. Yeah, right. Yeah, but not here. Not here. Not here. Mm-hmm. Nope, no, no, like no. We leave that at,
1: leave, leave it at the door. Nice. Uh, you know, what <laughs> <I'm saying? laughs> like like Mama used to say. <laughs> right. Leave, leave it the at door. the door. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you again. Yeah, thanks for, for coming, uh, man. Traveling really to uh, SoCal, uh, uh, <laughs> Arizona. Uh took me on a trip. Yeah, uh, it's all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I needed a road trip. Appreciate fine. you coming by. Hopefully. uh... In the future, we'll, we'll have you back on. Uh, I would love to come back, man. And uh, Definitely got to check out the tour. Mm-hmm. Yes. Definitely got to check out the tour. So I'll, I'll get all the information from you, and we'll put all that stuff in the description yeah. and get people over to where they need to be. Nice. Yep.
2: Come through on the tour. Back to Kickstarter if you can. Uh, man, just uh, appreciate the support. And, um, you know, take care of yourselves. Everybody be safe. And, uh, you know, I want to see everybody out at these shows, man. Mm-hmm. And Getting back outside and and being healthy and, you know, and living life the way it's supposed to be lived. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Anyways, you guys stay safe. You guys
0: stay positive out there.
1: And as always, this is the Gray Space. Peace. Peace.